This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Science Fictionary Podcast, hosted by thesciencefictionary.com. I'm your host David, and joining me today is Andrew. What's going on? Marisha. Hey everybody. And and uh, an old classic guest. A uh, ooh, that's not, that's not like I was calling you old, huh? Um, <laughs> a, a guest who who used to be a uh, a full time member, an original guest. Uh, one of the pillars, you could say, uh, of the sci- of the Science Fictionary podcast. We have Daniel joining us again, back on the show. Hey, everybody. That's really awesome. Excited to have you back to talk some news. Um, and and, and I think he was on our, he was on Coruscant Radio Underground again, our sister show. So definitely check that out. We he's talked Mandalorian. Uh, we're all going to be talking Mandalorian over there uh, throughout. Uh, the weeks. Uh, I'd love to talk about it here, but we gotta we gotta keep all that in and save it for our Star Wars show. Uh, but here today, we're gonna talk about the other nerdy news going on, and there wasn't a lot, um, but I think that we have some fun stuff to talk about. Um, first thing that I want to bring up is something that I kind of find hilarious, to be honest. And I think Marisha, you said you don't even know what this is, right? This is the no. Spawn reboot. So you have no idea what Spawn is. No idea. That's really funny to me because, um, from my understanding, I was not alive in the 90s, thank God. But um, Hey, now. Uh, what I mean by that is be- comic book-wise, because the comic books in the 90s were just all Spawn, super edgy, blood, and they have really long capes, and they kill people now, etc., um, and that's kind of what Spawn was. Spawn was this big deal in the '90s. It was a, uh, it was from Image Comics. It was a, a phenomenon. Spawn, uh, you, you could say, get it? Because phenomenon. Mm, it's spawn. Anyway, it's um, great pun. I love how you. you're the one pulling out the dad jokes with the two dads and the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what I'm in the cast tonight. Yes. Um, spawn was this huge deal from Image Comics, created by Todd McFarlane. Who is a, a a classic uh, cinema, seminal uh, Spider-Man artist? Uh, him and a bunch of other artists left DC and Marvel in the '90s and went and formed Image Comics, which has produced probably the best uh, indie. By indie, I mean non-Marvel and DC comic books of the past thirty years. Uh, they gave us uh, Walking Dead, Invincible, but the first thing they gave us was Spawn. And Spawn is like the quintessential 90s comic book. It is a, a man who died and went to hell and basically, uh, long story short, became a hell spawn demon who is now back on Earth being an anti-hero, killing bad guys. Um, very similar like Ghost Rider in a way, in that way. And the story gets a lot more complex than that. Um, I don't want to just not do it justice to all the to all the Spawn fans out there, um, but that's what Spawn is. 
and they made a Spawn movie uh, starring um, uh, 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 I, Dad. I know you know the, the guy who uh, who played uh, Michael John Michael, White. Michael John White. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, he starred as Spawn, and the movie was not, from my understanding, uh, received very well. But it is a bit of a cult classic amongst Spawn fans. Uh, I think there are people who like that movie. Um, they always said the cape looked good. But anyway, uh, for years now, Todd McFarlane, the creator, has been swearing to God and everything that there's going to be a Spawn reboot. And we got some talks of it again. Um, so that's why we're talking about it here today. Andrew and... and, and uh, Daniel, Daniel's my dad, so I might call him dad sometimes. It's just, but if I say dad, I'm referring to Daniel. Um, did you guys see the original Spawn movie? Yes, uh, more than once, actually. I'm kind of embarrassed to say. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew, yeah, I saw it. Uh, it's actually what introduced me to John Leguizamo. Awesome, yeah. he was so, he was the clown. Oh, okay, okay. So, do you guys want to see another Spawn movie? I do, because I want to see it done right. The The first Spawn is just... It, it's, it's a joke. The, the, and actually, just recently, Salty Nerd did a really good... Had a really good discussion about this movie. And... Matthew Kadish is just a encyclopedia of knowledge about the production of these films. If you really want a lot of detail on it, I will tell you, go listen to Salty Nerd's podcast. Um, but the, the production of that film was just a disaster from the start. Uh, the, it was the entire budget went into this look. The, it looks like the entire budget went into this awful CGI cape they made. And then through mm-hmm. half the movie, he's not even wearing the cape because they couldn't afford to put the cape on him the whole time. Um, it, it, it's just, which I know the cape sounds like a petty thing to want to complain about with that movie. Because believe me, that cape is the least of that movie's problems. Um, <laughs> but just an example, kind of the way it went. And uh, Michael Jai White had almost no acting experience. Um, and not to say that he's bad in the movie himself, like he's the problem with it. Cause he's not, the movie's just, it's horrible. And, and Martin Sheen is in it, who I love is a very talented actor. He's been, been around for years is very well respected. Um, he was playing the campiest stereotypical political villain you've ever seen in every movie. It was just, it's, it's just terrible. Um, so you so I do want to see right, it, you said. yeah I do want to see it because I want to see it done right um, and that being said though I don't know how crazy I am about Todd McFarlane's ideas for the movie um, we're going to center it more on Sam and Twitch uh, who are the two detectives who didn't even barely made an appearance in the first movie um, I think they're in the background of one scene or something they're not even really part of the movie um, but this one, I think Todd says he wants to focus it on Sam and Twitch and Spawn's just kind of going to be this background, mysterious, like 
sort of a horror element to the to the movie. Well, I still want a film that focuses on Spawn, so I'm not sure I like that idea either. I just I just really don't know what to think. I'm pretty nervous about this movie. <laughs> Cast Jamie Fox, but I'm I'm very apprehensive. So yeah, it's being uh, produced by Blumhouse, which is a they make horror movies um, and and yeah. notoriously make pretty awful horror movies and really excellent horror movies. It's always somewhere um, in, in between. Uh, right. It's always, it's always it's never a, in between. And, uh, and I do think it has a chance to be a good movie and be a decent, you know, horror type of movie. I'm just not sure that's what I want out of this movie. I don't. I don't really know what to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, are you looking forward to a potential Spawn reboot? Because like they keep saying it's going to happen. I'm still on the fence of on if this movie's ever going to happen. Truly, because like I said, for 20 years, Todd McFarlane's been saying this movie's happening. I mean, okay, so I, I guess where I'm at, I don't know the comic book very well. Like my only. The only thing I know about Spawn is really that movie, which I don't like. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) So for me, it's this idea of there is this character out there that is that people really, really like. And so, yeah, of course, I'd like to see it done, but I don't want it done just for the sake of someone going, I'm going to capitalize on the horror movie. I mean, on the comic book genre while it's big. Like that's not necessarily the right reason to make this movie. Right. Which with that in mind, uh, and the ideas that Tom McFarlane has for it and the direction it seems to be going with, with what Daniel mentioned of like Sam and Twitch and spawns kind of like this horror element. It almost sounds like they're not really capitalizing on the superhero thing because it doesn't sound very superhero at all does it but mm-hmm. spawns also a very untraditional superhero um he like i said he is the peak of that like super edgy uh 90s tacular comic book era okay so like you guys know about um the batman story nightfall right uh, I know i've, I've heard does, you talk but, about it yeah and Andrew, you're familiar, yeah, you yeah. know, that Bane breaks Batman's back. Right. That whole thing. That Nightfall all, is actually a pretty good story, actually. Nightfall is a good story. Um, it's kind of what comes after that. That is where um, the laughs kind of come in, where this, like, this, this other uh, guy named John Paul Valley um, uh, takes over the mantle of Batman for a while. And that's where, like, this image of, of, him in this like huge cape and these giant gauntlets as Batman he starts going crazy starts like trying to kill people and Robin's like what are you doing Batman and and it's insane that all kind of comes as a response to Spawn a lot of what comes out in the 90s can be seen and kind of traced back to as a response to Spawn and a lot of what they were doing over at Image uh, this like of, of, of comic book characters getting darker and darker and more and more edgy and, and gruesome and, and, and that way. Um, and so a lot of comic books that were coming out from Marvel and DC were either trying to capitalize on that or they were sort of a response to that and saying, no, that's not the way comic books should go. 
So in comic books and graphic novels, Spawn is actually like a really important piece of comic book history. I'm sure Daniel will agree. Um, it arguably changed the course uh, of where comic books were going at the time, well, especially because it was so popular. The entire image movement changed the landscape of comics. So, and mm-hmm. Spawn was the most, I mean, Todd McFarlane was the most popular artist to be part of that, uh, that image group, and Spawn became the most popular book out of that image group. Um, wasn't necessarily the best one, but it, it was the most popular, carried a lot by Todd's popularity. So I would definitely agree with David that it, mm-hmm. it certainly helped change the landscape. Yeah, so it's a big deal. So I think it's always going to be a thing that people are going to talk about as, are we going to get another Spawn movie? And, and, and there's a part of me that kind of wants us to, to get it, just so Todd McFarlane can stop talking about how he's going to make another, another Spawn movie. Because um, yeah. I swear I see this headline, like every year I see another headline That's of funny. Todd McFarlane saying he's going to make the movie. Um, and if it happens, I mean, I'll definitely see it. I'll definitely see it. Because uh, I'd love to see what they do with it. Um, Marisha, are you going to go see the Spawn movie? Um, it just depends. It just depends. Like, we've established <laughs> how Marisha feels about horror movies. Yeah. Um, right. So it just is going to be a matter of uh, if it's more sci-fi or if it's just more... I just don't like jump scenes, so... Probably not if it's if it's right. really going to be kind of lean into the horror a whole lot, you know. Just right. but it sounds like it is probably a story that deserves to be made, just because it's such a an important milestone, I guess, mm-hmm. in in the industry. But uh, I nothing that y'all have said about it yet makes me think, oh wow, this needs to happen, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be the first person in line to see it. <laughs> yeah, well, and. Uh, and- to be honest, there's nothing to say that would make you do that. It's not, in the great scheme of things, it's not a great comic book. I mean, it was it was a good book. I read it. I collect. I think I have the first 35 or 40 issues. But the art, Tom McFarlane's art, really drove that book and drove the sales to it. And he got guests to help with that book, like Neil Gaiman and Rob Liefeld, and say what you want about say what you want about mm-hmm. Rob Liefeld. He was popular at the time, um, and so he, you know. It's not, it's not a great comic. It's a movie I want to see. Like I said, I want to see done right, but there's really not anything there to get someone who's never been into the comic excited about it. You know, you just have to hope it's a good movie. We have a lot of really good comic book movies that yeah make a lot of money from people who've never read the comic just because they're good movies. Yeah. So that, that's right. what you hope. For. Right. So, I mean, part of me wonders if there's really even enough people out there clamoring for this movie to to make make it it worthwhile. worthwhile. Mm -hmm. You know, the first movie didn't even crack the $90 million mark uh, worldwide. But it was was profitable. Well, yeah, it depends on how much they spent on marketing. I think their budget was about $50 million. So they made a little money on it. But not the kind of money that movies like to make right. for that kind of movie. <clears throat> but I guess my my whole thing is is it's knowing enough about it to know that it's very much a product of the 90s. It's very much a product of that moment in time. 
Yeah. Like and it's still printed today. I, I mean, know it's still. I, I, yeah, but it's just kind of the idea that that kind of that that kind of subgenre is very nineteen nineties. And right. how is it going to translate to the screen today? Well, that's yeah, not to the, say it can't be done because obviously we do things that are set in other eras. I'm just mm-hmm. you. I, I'm. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm curious to see, and it, and it may it may translate beautifully, but I, I'm skeptical. And it's it's not necessarily the content of the story that that would be the issue. It's the idea that it was visually driven without much substance, right? Uh, which is like you alluded to, very nineties, right? Uh, so that's that's really going to be the issue. Like I said, it doesn't mean you can't write a great story around what's already a cool concept. It is a cool concept. What Spawn's all about. Um, I don't know if we got into that very much, but he's literally was a special op soldier who died in combat and went to hell. And the devil says, "Hey, I'll send you back to Earth with these powers if you know you do my bidding." And it yeah, sort of takes like off from there. Wars and everything. Yeah, there's there's no reason to to think you can't write a great story around that and make a great movie. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see. We'll see if it yeah, happens like this, this time, huh? Yeah. It is very. I, the best description I've heard of Spawn is Spawn is a really cool tattoo. <laughs> that's that's the best description I've heard of it, and it's true. Tom McFarlane drew it first, and then years later found the drawing and said, "Hmm," and made a story around it. So yeah, it could be a very visually interesting comic book film. I'm all for seeing different things and 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 in movies. I mean, there's room for all of it, so I'd be interested for sure. Um, Maybe we'll have some more news to talk about it. I really have no idea. It's it's really a coin flip if this movie will even happen. Um, but really interesting conversation there. Uh, staying in the comic book realm, uh, we finally got a, a date for WandaVision. WandaVision is going to be coming to us uh, January 2021. Um, Hooray! I think that like a couple months ago we were talking about how... Disney was saying that we were getting WandaVision before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm pretty sure that was talked about a lot, but it just wasn't in the cards, I guess. But now they're saying January 2021. I think they actually gave us an exact date. Uh, I don't remember uh, off the top of my head what that was. Uh, um, Dis- Disney Plus posted earlier today streaming January 15th. 15th, perfect. Um Awesome. I mean, we've said a lot about this show already. We've had some more trailers drop since we last talked about it. Some more things. Um, doesn't look like there's anything like really new to talk about that we that we like learned is going on. Um, it just looks like a really fun show. Uh, it's probably I say fun, but I imagine it's going to get pretty dark pretty soon. Mm, yeah. um, I think it's going to have some fun on its own. I almost get like this like Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Twilight uh, Zone kind of vibe off off of it. It's going to be a very I don't even know how to describe it. It's going to be very mind bending, which is yeah. 
uh, perfect for what a, a Scarlet Witch show should be. Um, right, and I think you're going to get a lot of lighthearted moments. You're going to get a lot of humor with some sinister stuff lurking in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm excited to see. It looks like Paul Bettany's had a blast doing this. I'm. It's going to be great to see him really get to bite into something because he's he's one of the best actors in the MCU. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so it's really Probably awesome that he gets to do this. Yeah, that it, it it looks like just in the trailers, he's he's been able to show more range in these trailers than he has this entire uh, time in the MCU. So that's going to be awesome. That's that's what I'm looking it's, forward to the most. It's it's really crazy. People keep counting Paul Bettany out. <laughs> I heard him say one time, if he had a dollar for every time he was told he would never work again, he wouldn't have to work again. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, no, they definitely like they had fun making that show. I think he and um, Elizabeth Olsen have very good chemistry. Uh, I love those characters, and I, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, are, are y'all surprised at all that they pushed it to January? No, uh, not really. I mean, I, I know they were hoping it out by the end of the year, but it's understandable. Just with the way everything in the world is right now, it, it's hard to believe they didn't have some production issues and and things go on. It's I it's, I think it's understandable. I'm not concerned about that. Okay. Well, I'd much rather them push it back a month than rush it um, to try to get it out. Yeah. Well, um, I don't I don't even know if they pushed it because of issues. Honestly, I think Disney has had so everybody, it's not just Disney. Everybody's had so much going on in the way of production issues. I really think they envisioned having more original content ready to go for Disney Plus at this point, and it hasn't it hasn't happened. And, you know, mm-hmm. it was kind of before this announcement today, I think it was yesterday, I was actually kind of doing the math on it. And going, well, The Mandalorian will play out sometime around the end of December. And if that happens and they're not looking to run them simultaneously, then we won't get Scarlet Witch till January. Yep. Either that or they'll premiere it like on the New Year weekend. And I don't think they're going to do that. So this makes a lot of sense. And it makes a lot of sense that Disney didn't want to, at this point, run to big high-dollar original shows on top of each other. Well, I think they're trying to kind of drag it out a little more to fill yeah. in that gap that, you know, left by the, the COVID production issues. So if they can... Because, I mean, the thing about Disney+, Plus, it's all about subscriptions. Yeah. And so if they can drag it out just a little longer, you know, to keep... So people keep their subscriptions up, you know, because, I mean... There's plenty of people out there who, when the Mandalorian's done, they're like, "All right, bye, bye." You know. Yeah. But they were they were supposed to have Falcon and Winter Soldier ready mm-hmm. to go by now. Right. They right. were supposed to have the Cassian Andor series ready to go by this spring, and neither of those are going to happen. And the Obi Wan series was supposed to be coming. Obi Wan series never got delayed. Oh, okay. Uh, they only, all they pushed with the Obi Wan was the filming schedule. They're only doing four episodes. Oh, that's right. And, you know, so we're not talking quite as big of an ordeal to get that one in in time. Yeah. They were really trying to film that one a year out from Mm -hmm. release. Yeah. But they said they pushed the filming back, but not the release date. 
Okay. That's at least according to Ewan McGregor. Right. Who would never, ever give out misleading information about an Obi-Wan series. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, this stuff with Disney Plus, I mean, when they really get this machine going, when this stuff is finally over with and things begin to rebound, I mean, they're going to be running, we're going to get so much great material, it's just going to be unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's big potential for WandaVision to be one of the most important pieces of the MCU going forward. Well, yeah, um, at least for this... a lot of fan theories about well, it. Well, at least for this next phase, it, it kind of sounds like it's going to uh, tie pretty closely to a number of the upcoming movies. Yep. Yeah. Um, you got... And I love the interconnectedness of Marvel, how, how it's getting even deeper and deeper... Uh, ever since Thor Ragnarok, really, uh, is kind of where that started of when Hulk showed up in Thor. And it's like they're really all, all connected. You got Scarlet Witch in this show, right? And then Scarlet Witch is going to be in the Doctor Strange movie. And then Doctor Strange is going to be in the Spider-Man movie. And, it, and it's all going to mm-hmm. make it feel like one real universe. You're going to see Doctor Strange in the Spider-Man movie and know that he was just hanging out with Scarlet Witch over there. Which is the beauty of Marvel. It's it, that's That's the great thing about Marvel. And... Uh, I'm really excited they're doing something very different with this show. I I couldn't be more excited. I think back in the day, like back when this was first announced, I was kind of iffy on it. But the second we got that trailer, like a full trailer for this show, yeah, I'm all in 100. Uh, percent But we've talked a lot about that before, and since there's no real new new news to come out come out about the show other than this the re- other than this release date. Uh, I don't know if anyone has anything else to say, but does anyone else have any thoughts on WandaVision? No, I'm just, uh, I'm ready to get it. Uh, yeah. I really thought that we were going to get it sometime in December, but, you know, and, and it's weird. I mean, if you stop and think about it, it's kind of nuts. This is the first year since 2008 with no MCU anything. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's. Wow, that is pretty crazy when you think about that. But, you know, I think we could all use a break, mm-hmm. um, which is really, really cool. It, uh, that, that, we definitely got a break. I'm sorry. Are people forgetting about Black Widow? Because, like what you just said, that was supposed to be their big release this year. Oh, yeah. Well, they no, were I mean, we were be. supposed to get two releases this year. Black Widow and The Eternals were both slated for this year, as well as WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. We were supposed to get all four of those this year. Yeah. Um, so nope. it wasn't that Marvel didn't have things lined up for this year. It's just that this was right. this was kind of the last hope to have something MCU in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they're really going to ramp the marketing back up a couple months out before whenever they finally do decide to release. Oh, I'm sure. Another film. Oh, they like will. Eternals or whatever it is. They will. And and things are, you know, things in the... Strong. Yeah, you know, whatever is sparking it, whether it be the, um, the rumors about a possible vaccine or, or whatever else, the, the theater stocks started climbing again this week, and that's a good sign. Yeah, that's a, definitely that's, a good sign. That is very good. Um, because, I mean, as we yeah. mentioned on here, I mean... AMC is going to come out of this fine. AMC had built yeah. their brand so strongly, they're going to survive. 
Now, some of these other things, like movie taverns that were just really trying to get a foothold, um, even Regal, which is what we have here, they may be done. Yeah. Now, that may just mean that a new player steps into the market. But, um, yeah. you know, like we may, we talked about this last, or a couple of weeks ago when we recorded last with, with David, our theater is indefinitely shut down, and if it doesn't reopen, we officially live 90 miles from a theater. 60, there's one in Brookhaven. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, that one in Brookhaven, yeah. Uh, where you can go and you can... You remember whenever Black uh, Black Panther came out and it was like national news, movie theater in Brookhaven protests Black Panther. What they didn't tell you is that those... They protest Those people every literally every stand night. out in front of the theater... Yeah, every week in protest. What are they protesting? Movies. Movies they're from the devil. Hollywood. It, it's a it's oh. a very Westboro kind of Westboro okay, Baptist okay. kind of church, and they just don't like anything <laughs> secular. And so, yeah, and seriously, every Friday night since I was in high school, that church holds a protest outside that theater. And it's not a nice theater either. But it's an awful theater. Like, if you've been in the Natchez Theater and you're like, oh, this is a terrible theater, which our theater is small. It's not an awful theater. I've been in far worse theaters than our theaters. It's just small. And the concessions Mm -hmm. are outdated. But it's a a nice, clean theater. The one in Brookhaven, not so much. That's the theater when you're talking about, I'd just rather watch a movie at home on my big screen TV than the theater. That's the theater you're talking about. Yeah, I can't figure out how the one in Macomb closed and that one's still open. It was bad too. <laughs> and all of this is completely irrelevant to anyone who doesn't live in, uh, <laughs> in, yeah, in Mississippi. Yeah. But if you live in Brookhaven, you have a terrible theater. <laughs> It's, 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 yeah, like y'all said, being either uh, 90 miles or 60 miles from a theater, it's worth the extra 30-minute drive to come down here. Yeah, for sure. Sure. You know, the thing is, though, like, I hate not, I mean, because, like, especially just to take the kids to the movies on a Friday night, like, hey, we've got an extra 100 bucks to blow, you know, because back before COVID, that was a thing. <laughs> you know, let's go to the movies. We don't necessarily want to drive out of town, have to get a meal, have, you know, have to do the whole thing. It's like, we're just, we're not going to get popcorn. We're just going to go. We're going to watch a movie, have a good time for a couple of hours. I mean, that's not a thing anymore. If we have to drive, not, I mean, all of a sudden, like going to a movie is a much, especially with kids, is a much bigger deal if you have to drive out of town to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank God. Uh, my my dad moved me somewhere where I was like ten minutes from a theater, <laughs> like an AMC, an AMC theater, really uh-huh. nice one. Yeah. Um, I know you have enjoyed life and you enjoy being down here, but I promise you, you 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 did miss some stuff, not living in the Natchez or Faraday area. That's fair. Yeah. Having having Subject. done the city and having done, there's definitely ups and downs. Um, yeah, pros and cons. Pros and cons that. for sure, absolutely. Because I grew up no, in New Orleans, no, David. Oh, I didn't know you grew up in New Orleans. Oh yeah, okay. I, didn't, I didn't come from I didn't come from Mississippi. I came from uh, I came from South Louisiana, but that's how I wound oh, up here. Okay. So yeah, okay, definitely there there yeah. are definitely things that uh, I don't miss about living in a city, but a movie, you know, mm-hmm. like a. Especially now that we don't have a theater at all. 
So, you know, hoping mm-hmm. we personally, I personally hope that Regal manages to rally so that, you know, our little local theater still manages to be a thing. So I actually had a question I wanted to ask uh, Andrew and Marisha, because we did just go see Monty Python and the Holy Grail. How much do you think it cost to make that movie? And I know the answer, because as soon as I got out of the theater, I looked it up, because I was like, how much did it cost to make this movie? How much do you think it cost to make that movie? I don't know. It wasn't much. $100,000? I mean... I mean, this was the 70s, so less than that. I don't know. $20,000? Interesting, because I think... I asked Dad, and he said... He he threw in around $4 Mm. This movie, in the 70s, cost roughly... Uh, three hundred thousand uh, English pounds. Okay. Oh, really? Which is well, I way underestimated know, that. Relevant, close enough to dollars. Let's say about three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. It's funny how you underestimated it because most movies. I never. It's it's incredible to me that movie was made on that budget because most most movies are made with millions and millions of dollars of budget, right? I mean, that's why mm-hmm. Daniel threw out. Four million or whatever, because you yeah. just expected to be in the millions. Two hundred, I mean, three hundred thousand dollars. Three hundred thousand dollars to make a movie like that's incredible, and it's one of the funniest films because that's just you're right. It's it's so funny. But um, what were we talking about? <laughs> WandaVision. How much did it make? How much did it make, dude? Oh, I don't know that. Monty Python. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's funny. We were talking about WandaVision and, and <laughs> oops. But yeah, um, we were watching. Oh, the box office was five million. Five million. Okay. Yeah. And oh, USD, so... but I don't know about like in the UK. Uh, I was trying to pull it up from Box Office Mojo. They certainly made money on it, didn't they? Oh yeah. Yeah, but it it's probably made. What I what the interesting number on that one would actually be DVD. VHS and DVD sales. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because, I mean, everybody has seen that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those that, um, and it's another one that is has just proved to be super far-reaching um, culturally. You know, mm-hmm. whenever I was a teenager, VeggieTales was coming out, and, uh, you know, the French peas, and, and, of course, everybody was instantly super amused because clearly the French peas are... You know, a, a Monty Python spoof, which is mm. really great whenever mm-hmm. you start making spoofs of the spoof. <laughs> spoofs of the spoof. African swallow. <laughs> and Andrew can tell you, when we were in high school, there was, and it wasn't just our clique. It was like everybody would, we would quote that movie. You, just, you could just walk down the hall and go, but the, the, the rabbit, with he, he's got the teeth. And he, you know. <laughs> This funny we kid carry a coconut, and then somebody, somebody on the other end of the hall, he could if he were an African. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that, that was twenty years after that movie was made. Yeah, yeah. and the one of the brilliant things about that movie, you can watch it over and over and over again, and still laugh at it, and still notice all yeah. sorts of weird, wacky things happening in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, yeah. like people beating rugs with cats. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny, but I'm <laughs> laughing when you say it out loud. Uh, uh, it's a WandaVision. 
<laughs> so, um, so I, w- I would say any more thoughts on WandaVision, but I think we moved off of that. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, uh, ooh, it's so fun when I'm picking the next piece of news. Like, what's it going to be? That one or that one? Um, I'll go with the next uh, uh, fun one before we get into uh, something that can be a bit more serious. Uh, uh, there have been some casting rumors for a long time now that uh, the next uh james bond film will actually not be about james bond but instead will star a, a woman no, as double no, why no. why you understood that article also you got to read the article what i did what did I read? daniel craig what? daniel craig is in that movie and the yeah. movie is about james bond daniel craig yeah. is james bond the movie starts out with him in retirement and he gets drawn back into retirement while he's out of MI6, another agent is carrying the 007 uh-huh. insignia. Uh-huh. Now, it okay. is the first time we've ever seen a female character carry on the 007, so it is significant. Um, but, yeah. Well, I was just saying that there have been rumors for a long time that there would be a woman who is going to it's not the rumor was going to be about James Bond and a woman would be 007, and now it has been officially uh, confirmed uh, that uh, Lashana Lynch has been cast as as the new 007, uh, at least as somebody who will be who will have the mantle of 007, um, yes. while Daniel Craig's James Bond is in retirement. Interesting. Um, Right. Yeah, so that's part so, of the plot of the film is that he does he comes back out of retirement during the during the film. <clears throat> right. So there's right, kind yeah, of been yeah, right. like talk over the years that maybe James Bond, you know, kind of James Bond is actually a um title more than a it's a code name. You know, more than a name, but or yeah, a code name. Um, but it looks like they're kind of leaning into, I've noticed the past couple of movies, they have leaned more into 007 and less into James Bond as kind of the identifier. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that's why, because they're planning to kind of do some different things with 007, I guess. So, yeah, that's, that's been a big fan theory about like how they're all these different James Bonds, but I think in the Daniel Craig franchise, we actually see his parents' gravestones and they have the name Bond on them. Okay. So that kind of dropped that like theory of like, oh, maybe they're all, it's just the co-name of James Bond. But uh, you're right, that has been a thing that's done in a long time. And so I like them kind of playing into that of saying like, no, James Bond is his name, but you can give 007 to to anybody else it, it doesn't right. have to be james bond 007 which i think is a great idea and can really um make some cool things happen it's a great it makes perfect sense to me yeah yeah i think it works and i you know i've always enjoyed now i i actually hadn't have never seen any james bond movies except the daniel craig movies which i'm sure y'all will all get on to me for that um between but, this and Superman, Marisha, I don't know what we're going to do with you. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm going to have to turn in my nerd card. Um, <laughs> but I've enjoyed the the James Bond movies that I've seen. So I'm excited to see the next thing that they do with the story. Yeah, I love the Daniel Craig. The, Dan- the Daniel Craig. 
uh, the Daniel Craig, James Bond movies. Um, I'm, I am excited to see where they're going. Uh, it, it's me, me and Daniel were talking about it the other day. Uh, Daniel Craig is saying that he's done after this. Yeah, he said that before. Like, I was going to say, is this the third time he said that? Yeah. At least. But um, they have got to be exhausting to make. They are very physical. Mm-hmm. They're very long movies. They're, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, they are just shooting tons of footage. Right. Um, and they are very physical, very draining, very long shoots. Right. So, well, that's why it takes several years to turn out a Mission great. Impossible film as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And like Mission Impossible, which I actually think the um, Fallout, the last Mission Impossible, is actually the best one. The fact that they can make that many movies over that many years and have that be the best one they've made so far was just amazing to me. I loved that movie. And I think the Daniel Craig movies, for the most part, have been some of the best ones. Casino Royale is one of the best Bond films to me. Yeah. Um, Quantum of Solace was actually disappointing, but Skyfall is one of my favorites. And then Spectre was disappointing, but that one was also pretty hyped up because you had um, Christoph Waltz playing Blofeld, which just sounded amazing. So uh, uh, the, they've been up and down. So if we keep going with the every other Daniel Craig film is a great movie, then I have high hopes for this. We're one. due. Yeah. So what do we think? What do we think is more likely here uh, that Daniel Craig uh, stops being Bond and they uh, eventually uh, cast a new man to play James Bond and just reboot the franchise again, or you know, continue that? Or do we think it's more likely that a a woman, maybe even Lashana Lynch, if she's uh, received? Uh, with praise, do we think that that could be the route that they take uh, to continue the yeah. franchise? Which I don't think it's the realm of possibility. I don't think it's... I think casting another male actor is probably the more likely, um, but I do not think that casting a woman is out of the realm of possibility because as Marisha has already pointed out, um, 007 is really the branding to this. And so like what we're doing with this actress now... It can be a new character and have her be the 007 agent and have the film center on her is perfectly logical. And and I, I think that works if that's what they want to do. Um, the trick is, like anything else, it's always just making a good film and casting a good actor or a good actress. I don't. Yep. Uh, I, I, don't, I think it's I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. And I think it could be very interesting. Yeah, anybody have any dream casting for the next James Bond? Hmm. If we're casting James Bond, I know this one's cliche and everybody says it, but and he's in everything now, but I do think Henry Cavill would make a great James Bond. Um, I agree. Anybody other than that? Uh, Daniel Craig, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, who's the actor... Um, He's always thrown out. Um, oh, I can't. He's in everything. Um, 
he he was in the Dark Tower. He played the guy in the Dark Tower. Idris Elba. Oh. Idris Elba. Yeah, I couldn't think of his name. That's yeah. right. I see him thrown out a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'd be excellent. And I brought this up to you the the other day. You uh, and McGregor, I think, would be mm-hmm. uh, a super fun James Bond. I do think Ewan McGregor would be a good James Bond. Ooh, yeah. What about a Tom Hiddleston? I thought about mm-hmm. him. That's a bit of a dark uh, just horse. Not, I don't know. I think Hiddleston could pull it off. Oh yeah, I think he, I mean, he's he's done a couple of spy movies pretty successfully. I think he was on a, a series, wasn't it? Isn't the the series that he did on BBC back before Thor? Wasn't he a spy? I'm trying to think what he was in. Um, I don't know, but I could I could see him. I don't know. That's a that's a bit of a different pick. It'd be unlike the other ones, but I, I kind of like that. Um, that brings to mind. Uh, now I can feel like I might be able to see this. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, I think, would be a really fun James Bond. Yeah. No, no, he's not like the most like traditionally handsome person, but you like like James right. Bond typically is, right? That's kind of like the archetype. But I think that you know. You, know, you you give him a slick hairstyle. I think he could be a really cool, slick, um, very suave smooth guy. Very suave, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He definitely has that kind of uh, that vibe going Ooh, on. That might that might be my pick now. That might be that might be the one I'm rooting for. Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. I kind of feel. I kind of feel it, man. Yeah. Something about it really works for me. Yeah, and I'm even like I said, even though it's cliche, I'm still, um, I'm, I'm Team Cavill for Bond. And he's been, he's he was uh, considered whenever they gave it to Daniel Craig, and he didn't get it. But it's like Superman; he was considered for Superman when they gave it to Brandon Routh, and now really? he says, he just wants, yeah, now he says he just wants both of them. So maybe he'll get it. Yeah, what a Cinderella story that would be. But if they, if they go the female route. And just cast, you know, a new character as, as 007 and we cast a female. Emily Blunt. Yeah. Emily Blunt, yeah. Like Emily I Blunt I know awesome. um Haley Atwell has kind of Oh Haley Atwell would be awesome too. It. I just don't Haley know if Atwell she's like good. I'm not gonna lie to you. y'all y'all already know I am madly in love with Scarlett Johansson and I don't know if she can pull off a British accent. Then have we ever? We've never cast an American as a 007. No, so. and I don't think they will. And in, in spite of no, the fact that they that, cast, that, that works one direction. People yep. don't like it when it goes the other. People, nope. Americans are absolutely fine with British actors playing American roles, but British right. people are not okay with Americans playing British roles. There was a little bit of pushback I, 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 don't when you they think Scarlet would be good. Oh like, yeah, yeah. He could do it. I mean, she's oh, already pretty much proven she can do the role. I mean, that's you know, can can Scarlett can Scarlett Johansson play the spy? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um. I mean, there was a little bit of pushback when they cast a British Superman and a British Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, for the same reasons that I think there would be some push back if they cast an American as James Bond because it's just such a quintessential you know, mm-hmm. uh, national figure. Right. So, yeah. and I just think that they're, they're unlikely to do it because there are so many really 
big I British I, actors. I say if we can have a British Superman, then they should be able to have an American to deal with an American James. I didn't Bond. say that they couldn't deal with it. I'm just saying I don't think it's yeah. very likely. Yeah, take that, British. Well, I mean, what's more Americana than Superman? Right. Yeah. He's right. literally draped in the American flag. Right. Yeah. Speak. You know, we're sitting here. We're talking about. James Bond and 007 and we haven't even brought up that just recently Sean Connery sadly passed away yeah. so definitely a rest in peace to, to Sean Connery mm. um, not the just best. iconic for playing James Bond he was in a lot uh, of really great stuff um, over the years I mean such an iconic actor Daniel just said the best you think he's the best Bond oh yeah and I, I love Daniel Craig uh, Sean Connery is James Bond, just like Christopher Reeve is Superman. Right. Um, mm-hmm. If we're going to compare the two, you know, two of the more iconic characters, the actors who who fit when I think of Superman, and there have been some good actors play Superman, Henry Cavill included. I think Christopher Reeve. When I think James Bond, I think Sean Connery. Um, but like you said, I mean, the man is also, I mean, he's one of the greatest actors of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, he was James Bond. He was Henry Jones Sr., you know. Who else can play Harrison Ford's daddy and make it believable, right? right? Oh, man. You know what I mean? He like, was one of my favorite Harrison things. Ford in his place. Yeah. Um, it, it, Hunt for Red October is one of my favorite movies the he won an academy award for untouchables um it he was just a great actor mm-hmm. and from all accounts a really really good man um and he's he's been retired for a while so it's it's hard to say he will be missed he already has been missed mm-hmm. um so yeah, but it does, the, you know, the world feels a little different knowing Sean Connery's not in it. Yeah. So. Sean Connery definitely is one of those figures that you never even think about, the, you thought about the possibility of him dying. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. He's immortal, and he is. He has been immortalized. He will always be James Bond. Uh, he's definitely immortal in that way. Yeah, he um, was just always supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, Andrew and Marisha, any, uh, any, anything to say about uh, Sean Connery before we move on to the next topic? I mean, it's just you know, um, it's one of the one of the greats has moved on, and it's it's sad, but it, it's we're we're kind of at that point in history where so many of the giants of the silver screen mm-hmm. are, are Olivia you know, de Havilland died this year. Right. I mean. The woman was 104 years old. I mean, she was supposed to live forever. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's one of the greatest actors of all time. And it's it's mm-hmm. sad that he's gone. Yeah. Uh, very. That, that, was, that was a shock to see. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something you don't think about, but yeah. All right, so we have a couple more things to touch on. Uh, real quick before we get to the big one that I've been saving for the end here. Uh, this one, I'm probably the only one who's really excited about it, but we're getting a Mass Effect trilogy remaster coming in spring 
2021. This was announced on November 7th, which is N7 Day, which is, you know, the uh, the whole thing for the, the N7 has been an iconic symbol of the franchise. Uh, so that was a big rumor for a long time. That was actually, I think, uh, the day that, like, the results of the election were finally, like, kind <laughs> of, like, announced. And literally... My my news of the day was, oh, they're getting a Mass Effect remaster. <laughs> um, Don't even care who the Associated mm-hmm. Press called for anything. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect remaster. Yes, uh, that's what I, that's what I was concerned about. That's what N Seven meant to me. The important um, things in life, for sure. The important things in life. I thought about tweeting about it, but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna not get on Twitter today. Actually, that's what I'll do. Yes, good um, choice. <laughs> yeah, good call. So massive. Mass Effect Remaster, uh, one of my favorite franchises ever. It's gonna be super awesome to get a full like legendary edition, all the DLC, all the remastered. Uh, I love the first game. It definitely needs a touch up, and this will be a great opportunity for anybody who hasn't played the franchise to uh, to check it out. Um, uh, what I read was that it's coming to. Um, it's actually because they've been working on it for so long. It was been, it has been made for the xbox one and ps4 but will be forward compatible which is a really interesting way of putting it mm-hmm. because most games are coming out on the ps5 and, and xbox series x and they're backwards compatible but right. this is going to be forwards compatible is is, is is the wording that they used um hmm. which is fine with me that means that i just don't have to buy a new console and i can still play this game that i really want to play right um so that's really awesome I cannot wait. And uh, Andrew, I, 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 I don't remember if you told me if you played this or not, if play Mass Effect or not. Um, I've played the first one. This is the only one I've played. Okay. This is a wonderful opportunity for you to, uh, to, to, to check out the whole franchise. I, I, I know that you would love it. Um, it's, it's a great experience. And when um, is that going to be? Spring 2021. Okay. Uh, we don't have a we don't have an official month or day. We just have spring, okay. um, which I'm hoping to we're hoping there won't be any pushbacks. So they've been working on it for a very long time. I, I think um, everybody's just a little scared to put a date on anything at the moment. Mm-hmm. That's very that's very true. Very fair. Yeah, Cyberpunk twenty twenty seven. Another is, delay. Yeah. Another delay. It's not coming like December now, which is heartbreaking because I was so excited for that game. Um, but, but I guess I'll just replay the Mass Effect trilogy over and over and over again. I actually had it downloaded, ready to play again, and then this announcement came out, and I was like, you know what? I'll save it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just wait. God, I cannot wait. That is so awesome. It's my favorite sci-fi franchise. Uh, probably one of my favorite sci-fi franchises ever. So that is awesome. Cannot wait. Uh, and so the last bit of news, the stuff that can get cut that might get uh, a bit more uh, serious to talk about is that uh, Johnny Depp uh, has left Fantastic Beasts. Warner Brothers requested that he resign from his uh, uh, role as Grindelwald in the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Um, he did get a $10 million payout, uh, so good for him. Uh, but he released a, a statement about it. Um, it seems very clear that he did not actually, like, he would much rather just play the role instead of just taking a $10 million payout and, and leaving. 
Um, but this has sparked a huge controversy, of course, because of all of the drama between him and Amber Heard and that Johnny Depp has been asked to resign from his role in Fantastic Beasts. But Warner Brothers, who also own DC and the Aquaman franchise, have not asked Amber Heard to resign from her position. And in fact, just recently, Amber Heard said that she is definitely going to be in Aquaman 2. There is a petition with over 1 million signatures to get Amber Heard fired from I mean, from uh, Aquaman 2. Uh, Justice for Johnny Depp has been trending like crazy. Um, it, 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 it is a uh, huge controversy, and um, I won't ask anybody to give their uh, opinions but uh, if they don't want to, but, I mean, in my opinion, uh, I, I, I honestly feel bad for Johnny Depp. Uh, at this point, having to resign, and then Amber Heard is, is getting him to, conti- to continue this role when there's a lot of evidence, uh, maybe even on the both sides, that there were some very bad things going on in that relationship. First of all, there's a lot of hypocrisy on the side at Warner Brothers. Now, that being said, I don't know if Warner Brothers made... I, I, I don't know which studios handle each of those properties. Mm-hmm. Right. Fair enough. Uh, On John, in Johnny Depp's statement, what he said was that Warner Brothers has requested that I resign. Um, but that's all we know about that. Right. So if it's Warner Brothers, then it, there's a lot of hypocrisy. If it was the studio, the studio directly, and it's two different studios that actually made the the then then I don't know. I, it's it's complicated, but there's certainly some double standard going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is, and let's not forget, this is not the only big gig that Johnny Depp was taken away from Johnny Depp over this issue. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. Um, and I, and I do hope that they will rectify that and that they might end up bringing him back in some capacity, even if it's not in the next movie. I'll be interested to see what they do and whatever you think about the later Pirates movies, he is still the heart and soul of that franchise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully they will bring him back. I think Karen Gillan will do fine with leading whatever they're going to doing in this next iteration of Pirates. But mm-hmm. I think ultimately, hopefully they will step back go, we were wrong, we want you to come back. Because you're talking about a man that said, I will play Captain Jack Sparrow as long as they will keep paying me to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've got kind of a... Okay. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend it does not sound like Johnny Depp treated Amber Heard like crap. But... Oh, it sounds like it was a horribly toxic relationship. Yeah. For the things that... uh, He has just as many claims of abuse against her. Um, Mm -hmm. That kind of my point of view on this is that this was their personal relationship, which they both acted like jackasses in. Um, And why that has any effect at all uh, on whether or not they should be allowed to work on these movies that they have been a valuable part of these franchises, respectfully Aquaman and um, Fantastic Beasts. It, the fact that it was 
they're both culpable in it. And I don't think either one of them has the right to play victim. Um, makes it a little strange that there's any kind of outcry for either of them to have to be punished for it. Uh, maybe they should both be punished. And that's kind of the thing I, I guess is where we're going with it is mm-hmm. if you're going to fire Johnny for the things he did to Amber, then why, then why can't you, then, then why does Amber get held to a, why is Johnny held to a higher standard? That's what I want to try to say. Right. Um, that he's the one who, all of a sudden you have to cut him loose because of the publicity of it. Well, you're not, you don't think you're getting bad publicity because you kept a woman who was abusive in her relationship. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Neither one of these people are the victim. And Um, and it seems like, like you said, it seems like they both just treated each other pretty horribly. Um, But there doesn't seem to be, and, and, you know, I've, you know, read kind of the, the statements and, that have been issued and, you know, kind of the the suits and the countersuits and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, all appearances are that, yes, they both treated each other like absolute garbage. And it's it doesn't say good things whenever, I mean, yes, if you're going to be like, okay, we don't, we're not allowed to treat people like this. I have a little bit of a problem with the whole judge, jury, and executioner and the court of public opinion. He's not judge, jury, and executioner. He is. Because anyone can say anything to ruin the, the life of the person that they, you know, had a bad relationship with. Right. Um, and I think that what it kind of looks like is that they're both have really tried to play that card. And... Mm-hmm. It's just, it's concerning that everyone is, was instantly eager to believe terrible things about him and like, oh no, well, you know, it's probably not true about her. Even though as time went on, it became more and more clear. Yeah, there there's probably some culpability mm-hmm. um, on both sides there. You know, and to act like women can't be abusive is... Also, just not good, you know, like for all the talk about, you know, raw, raw feminism, um, to act like it somehow isn't a thing that that women can also be terrible people, you know, like we're always talking about how we want women to be, you know, presented as, as complete people and complex, and which means that they can also be terrible. I'm sorry, that's part of like being a whole person. You don't get to be all of the good things and none of the bad things ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, it seems like, at least from my perspective, and from what I've seen from following this on social media, is that the real outcry against Amber Heard has been the not that anybody wants to, because I think you're right, like, like who are we? Because nobody knows the full story except for Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. So who is the public to then declare who gets to, who, who gets to do what in their art, right? Mm-hmm. The reason people want Amber Heard to not be an Aquaman anymore is, is, is the real outcry there and the real problem is that Johnny Depp was fired from his role and that Johnny Depp has had to suffer because of this situation. And so because Johnny Depp has had to suffer, now people 
are angry at Amber Heard. Right. And and she has not had to. Not necessarily that they are angry at her because of allegations against her. They're angry at her that the allegations against her are not have not been um, acted upon while the ones against Johnny Depp have been. Yeah. Right. Um, so- I almost feel like if both were punished, no one would care. And if neither of them were punished, potentially no one would care. At least not nearly as many people. Here, it's the double standard. It, it, here's the bottom line with the whole thing. There's a clear double standard, but these are private companies. These are that this company has the right to fire whoever they want and hire whoever they want. If you don't like it, speak with your pocketbook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know that that's that's the truth. That's that is really the only way to tell these companies when they do something you don't like. That's true, and that's what's going to speak to them because. And my one person, they don't care, right? But you think that those like uh, 1.5 million people who have signed, who have now signed, I know I said 1 million earlier, I think it, I actually just looked, it's, it's getting up to, it's, it's rising very quickly. Um, uh, you think those, those millions of people are still going to go see Aquaman 2 after signing that petition if Amber Heard is still in it? Some of them maybe, but a whole lot of them aren't. I mean, I'll tell you my opinion. I'm not going to go see Aquaman 2. Just to, to speak of the pocketbook. Once again, my $12 doesn't matter. But a million people's $12, it starts to add up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they made this decision. And, and let's not pretend that decision that corporations make decisions for any other reason than the bottom line. They didn't fire Johnny Depp because, oh, we're so concerned about the moral whatever, whatever. No, they fired Johnny Depp because there was enough of an outcry. They were like, crap, people aren't going to go see our movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and, and like you said, that's really the only solution is, you know, is, and I guess in the end, we'll see how many people didn't go see the first Fantastic or the last Fantastic Beast movie because Johnny Depp was in it. Is it going to make a difference the next time around? You know, it's kind of a, a bit of a roulette game, I think, for us, you know, in kind of this day and age for movie makers, you know, you're kind of damned if you do or damned yeah. if you don't. Yeah. Which reminds me, I want to have some clear tram- transparency here. I don't actually give a crap about the Fantastic Beasts franchise uh, <laughs> and what <laughs> happens with that. Um, I, I actually what I'm what I'm upset about is the is the Pirates franchise, because I just recently we watched all those on Disney Plus of my friends uh, just like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, even the bad ones are fun uh, because of because of Jack Sparrow mm-hmm. um, and the first Pirates movie. By the way, I don't know what the last time y'all saw the first Pirates movie. That movie is actually an incredible movie. Right. Absolutely, that movie's awesome. Absolutely, if you haven't seen it mm-hmm. in a while. If it's been a couple years since you've seen the first Pirates movie, definitely check it out on Disney Plus. Run, it's so don't much walk fun. To Disney Plus <laughs> to see the yeah. original right. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> what did What did you have next, David? Uh, that's actually all of the uh, the news uh, pieces that okay. we had on the list. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention: Did anybody else watch Truth Seekers? 
Nah. No, I did not get it. I totally forgot about Truth Seekers, but I'm going to go watch it tonight because you just reminded me that it's out. Well, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give any spoilers here because I think a lot of people probably haven't watched it yet. But um, if don't go in expecting a horror, you know, it to be horror, and don't go in expecting it to be a monster of the week ghost hunter spoof. It is one continuous story arc that gives you little pieces of the time. It's got some great twists, but they really put a really interesting sci-fi spin on the whole thing hmm. now just from the trailers just from the trailers i very much got a ghostbusters vibe would you agree with that or should i not go in it's not like gonna that? have near the amount of comedy of a something like okay. ghostbusters um, it's it's gonna really? play a little more straight than you would expect and there's not a ton of simon Pegg in this season. Although I will say that they appear to be setting it up for him to be way more heavily involved in the future. He's one of the creators, okay. so I suspect. Yeah, that's where it's going. Um, but it's, it's awesome. got some it's got some nice twists to it. Uh, it's an interesting story. Don't give up on it after the first couple of episodes. Yeah. Wait, so they, they dropped the whole season at once. They did. I, I they did. I pretty much okay. watched it the day they that it came out. That's that's cool. Um no spoiler, but is it good? I th yes, it's good. It, it's it's one that's going to take you a little while. You're going to be wondering. You're going to get the watch the first couple of episodes. You're going to go, well, they're okay, but I don't know. It's got a lot of kind of dry British humor in it. If that's not your thing, you may not love it. Oh, I love uh, dry British humor. But if that's your thing, there's a lot of very neat little moments in it give it past the first two episodes and you will begin to under you'll begin to see pieces of the puzzle starting to come together awesome but it's it's far more That's considering great. they're dealing with out. ghosts per se it's far more sci-fi than it is anything else That's yeah i haven't really, watched it yet really but cool. i'm I, very excited to check it out yeah we've we're, we've run out of things to watch like Everything that we watch on TV, except for the Goldbergs, is gone now. So, we'll watch that next. All right. Awesome. So, does anybody else have uh, any other thoughts on on any of the topics we talked about today? No. Think... I'll take that as a no. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> we're, I think we're well, about done. Awesome. Well, I'm going to wrap it up then by okay. telling you guys that... Uh, telling you guys that it has been a lot of fun recording again with daniel um hopefully we get to see him back a couple more times a few more not a couple more times many more times as many times as you'd like uh on the lots of times all the times tons of times on the show um it has been um it's been a great show thank you guys so much much uh for listening and i'm gonna ask uh andrew where can people find you on the internet Okay, you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can find us at thesciencefictionary.com. Got a brand new article up there related to Civilization Six that you should go awesome. check out before you get too excited about the next the, or the, the most recent free DLC. Um, you can, let's see, where else? You can find me hosting our other show, Coruscant Radio Underground, where right now we're mostly talking Mandalorian each week and... 
As always, you can find us as well as the rest of the Red 5 podcast family at red5network.com or at red5network on Twitter. And Marisha? Um, you can find me on my website, princessesandpadawans.com. I am on Instagram at princesses underscore and underscore padawans. And I am P Padawans on Twitter. And Daniel? Um, I am Dan C. Peeps on Twitter, and that's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm uh, at David underscore JG Peoples on Twitter. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to give us a like anywhere that you can or a review over on iTunes. It really helps with the podcast. Check out our sister show and, and check back weekly for new episodes uh, for discussions about all your favorite uh, nerdy sci-fi fantasy topics. Uh, this has been David. Thank you so much for listening. Live long and prosper.